making the world a better place for cats. This is the Cat Show Podcast, hosted by the cat mama herself, Melissa Newman. Hey there, cat fam. Welcome to today's chat with Hasara from Cat Explorer. She will be talking about how the community came into being and how to get your cat out of the house on a harness and into a backpack. This audio is from the Thursday morning videos posted on Facebook. So join the Facebook community to find out more about our cat chats. I'm excited about today's podcast. This is a community that is fascinating and it's so great to see many cats being taken out on adventures. So let's get into the chat. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for joining us for Cat Chat. Today, I have the wonderful Hasara from Cat Explorers, and I'm really excited to have Hasara here today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you about um, the backpacks and the community that you've actually built for Cat Explorers. Uh, I was lucky enough to actually get one of your backpacks. The kids got me one for my birthday because it's all I wanted, which was really great. And I'd been looking for a while. And um, I was really actually really surprised to find that you guys are an Australian company. So it was, it was great to be able to support some locals, which was fantastic. Now, tell me yeah, I really how... appreciate that. Oh, that's okay. I really appreciate the fact that you guys have done a, some really interesting and great designs for your for your uh, backpacks, and the safety aspects with them is fantastic. Tell us a little bit about how you actually got into having uh, cats going out on harnesses. Like, where did all this begin? So I suppose it started when I was nine years old when we adopted our first cat, Teddy. Yeah. Um, well my family cat obviously um back then um my dad used to travel a lot for work so we're based in sydney australia and he used to travel all around regional new south wales so every school holidays we would pack up as a family and stay in places like bathurst or orange or dubbo and back then catteries weren't what they are now they're just little boxes that you'd put your cat in sometimes they smelt bad our cat used to get fleas all the time from them even if we put flea protection on her so she had really bad separation anxiety and knowing what I know now I will probably would have done a bit more work into helping her with her separation anxiety but at the time the only solution we really saw was just taking her with us so that's what we did we didn't know anything about harnesses the first harness my mom ever made was literally a ribbon tied together we didn't know anything about carriers. The first carrier she ever had was two grocery shopping carts, like the little <sighs> baskets put on top of each other and then tied up with a ribbon, which from a safety aspect, I'm just like, oh my goodness. But anyway, um, she did that with us for about 15 years. She lived till she was 23. Wow. Um, we kind of pulled back from taking her with us because those drives to like Bathurst are about five hours long. It's not yeah. going to take her old cat on that. And then we found a cattery that was absolutely incredible for her. Yeah. But then fast forward a few years after that, um, when I'm, after I married my husband, we decided that we wanted to adopt two cats. And I just remember the ease of just being able to decide on a Wednesday that on the Saturday we were going to go, for, go away for the weekend. And I just wanted that ability with our two cats. I wanted to be make, make sure they were comfortable. And luckily in the 15 years or so that Tabby was alive, um, cat enrichment and cat yes. training and all that information just got so much better. So, and we have the internet now. So, yes. um, 
I had a bit more knowledge in terms of how to train them. But when we first started training them, like I got the cat harness, did all that, and we made a lot of mistakes. And we found that the cat harness that we bought wasn't the best for them. So um, I went to the wonderful world of Instagram to see who else had, if anyone else in the world did this, because I used to think I was the only crazy person in my neighborhood who used to take the cat for a walk. And my brain was blown. Like I just met so many people all around the world who are willing to help, who do this, who do more than what I was planning to do. And they were just so willing to share their information. But I just kept losing everyone's suggestions in Instagram (laughs) posts or comments or DMs. So I initially created Cat Explorer to be like a bit of a depository of that information. So people would share what harnesses they use, how they train their cat, because every cat is different and things like that. But then I was lucky enough to actually start getting to know the people behind these cats, like the owners and their stories. And they're just absolutely incredible people. So we decided to transition from a depository to a community so that people could connect with each other, but then we could also share their stories. And that's where we also started our podcast, the Cat Explorer podcast. So because each episode we speak to a Cat Explorer, a cat expert, and that gives our community the opportunity to hear their stories, but also connect with them as well. And After that, we also added a shop in as well to help people find those products as well that help them work out exploring with their cat too. So, yeah, that's kind of a bit of ramble, but that's what we are. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, that that really does – one of the things that I always find is that cat people are just very caring – I don't know, there's there's just something about cat people. They've got empathy, they've got – they want to be part of the community. They, they really want to do everything they possibly can to give their cats a good life. And I don't think I've ever met a bad cat person. I think all the people that really love their cats and want to do best by their cats are just really genuinely beautiful people and wonderful people. So it doesn't surprise me at all that there is a huge um, community out there. I suppose it's interesting because my community tends to be a lot of cat breeders so when I started looking at the um, Cat Explorer side of things, it really opened up to show me just how many different pockets of cat people out there there, there really is, So, which is fabulous mm-hmm. because, and I think all of them are just really genuinely nice people, which is great. It's great to be part of a community that's genuinely nice people. <laughs> and so willing to help each other. I think that's what always blows me away is... Um, even if there's, for some reason, there's something that I can't help with, there's always someone else out there that can help someone can else help. with that. So Yeah. Exactly. So getting back to actually taking your cats out, one of the things that I'm a bit big on is that, well, we've got nine cats, so we've got quite a, a mixture of them. We've got five domestics, we've got some Abyssinians and a Somali. So the Abbeys and the Somali are actually quite high energy. So out of our four of those, three of them, are starting to get harness trained. Um, One of them in particular will probably end up being our explorer cat because at the moment he loves shows. Like he he just lives to get up on that show bench and show himself off. And he's always the one that's the first to, you know, come and see people. He's just an adorable cat. So he will probably end up being our explorer cat once he's sort of retired from being a breeding boy. Um, But I suppose not all cats are actually suited to... Um, being explorer cats so um, how would you suggest people uh, test whether or not their cats are going to be right to actually be harnessed up and take outside and you know it's fine if your cat's not 
suited to be a cat explorer. So some cats, they just love sitting on the couch. They love just being warm and snuggling in their bed. They're not really interested in the outdoors. They're probably not suited to be a cat explorer. Taking them out will might cause them a lot of stress. But if your cat loves the outdoors, if they're running to get out into your balcony or your ba- um, backyard or they're constantly at the window, they're probably suited to be a cat explorer. And there's different types of cat exploring that you can do. So we say the whole point of cat exploring is to give your cat the world, but you can do that from your backyard and they can just sit in the grass with you and do it safely and yeah. make, it's rather than letting them roam. But there are some cats who love going hiking and then there are some cats who hate hiking, but they love going to cafes and seeing people. So it's just trying to understand your cat's personality, what they like. And then also I think something that we tend to forget is also what we like as well. Yes. So for example, yeah. my husband and I, we are not good on water. We are not good on stand-up paddleboards. My husband would be really bad on a kayak. So we would never take our cats on a kayak or a stand-up paddleboard because that's not something that we can do. But my husband loves going to cafes. So he takes our male cat, Lumos, to cafes. Whereas I love hiking. So I'll take our female cat, Noxie, to hikes because we enjoy that together. So it's, it's also understanding what you enjoy and what your cat enjoys too. So I suppose realistically, you're trying to find something that the two of you enjoy together that you can enjoy together, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's doing something that you can enjoy together without getting too stressed as well. Like I yeah. think the stress side of things is very important. And it's also important to remember that once you've harnessed trained your cat indoors, you can't go climbing a mountain the next day. It takes, yes. there are several steps in between and you slowly need to expand your boundaries and your cat's boundaries and even be comfortable with those days that aren't the best and you need to take a step back and then start, like you might have to start at the old spot that you were at before rather than going to the next step. Like there, are, it is a slow process, but you'll get it, there. Yeah, and it kind of needs to be a slow process, doesn't it? To let the cats... Get come to it at their own pace more than, I mean, it's not like a dog where you can just put a leash on them and out the door and off you go for a walk. Cat, taking cats out is a very different experience to uh, dog walking. Yeah, I agree. I think um, because of the rise of social media, you only really see those cats on mountains. You don't see the slow steps that they go through. And I think the way society has gone through is we now like Jackson galaxy always says we, we can't see cats through dog colored gra- glasses. And I, yes. I like, so agree with that because yeah. um, for example, when you start harness training a cat, you literally start in your, in your living room probably and give them positive reinforcement with treats and things like that. And then once they're comfortable inside your house, we recommend going to a quiet place that you can control where you can control the number of noises, the number of people, the number of animals. So usually like your balcony or your courtyard or your backyard or something like that, and then slowly expand those boundaries. So then it might take you a couple months till before you're going up a hiking trail. For some people it works a lot faster, but it's just being patient and understanding that your cat might take some time. Yeah. And I suppose the, the different temperament of the cat, whether it's a very athletic outgoing type of cat versus a bit of a scaredy cat and scaredy cat may never want to go anywhere other than your bed, whereas, or uh, into your backyard, perhaps at the absolute most. But it is um, the other thing that I love about harness training is that if you do have a cat that's interested in going outside, you can literally just go in, like you said, into your own environment but by having them on that um, harness and leash, it's just keeping them safe so that they're not running off and doing cat things that cats do if they're not entertained. 
exactly because i think uh sorry you go no that's okay keep going Oh, well, I was just going to say that um, cats who roam actually have a lifespan that's less than three to four times of an indoor cat. So by keeping them on a harness, you're actually keeping them safe. And one thing that has like really opened my eyes while we've been hiking with our cats is how many plants out there are poisonous to cats as well. So just having them on a harness just means that you can just quickly move them away from that plant because your cats can sniff everything. And if you weren't there, you can't really keep an eye on that kind of stuff. So... It's just another way of keeping them safe. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me a little bit about your two cats. They're rescue cats, are they? Yes, they are. So Lumos and Noxy are siblings. They're rescue cats. We, um, the way they came into our life is quite a funny story in that um, I had been hassling my husband for a cat for about four years. Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of my best friend's sisters um, happened to be fostering this litter and she sent me a photo, my best friend sent me a photo of it. And straight away I sent my, that, that photo to my husband and like all day, all I could think of was, I want to adopt those cats. I want to go meet those cats. They yeah. were in Canberra. Yeah. So that weekend, like he completely surprised me. He came home and he's like, okay, let's do it. Let's just go see them and let's see if we click with them because that was really important to us. And then he was yeah. like, if, they, if we click with them, we'll bring them home. So that weekend we went to Canberra and met this litter of eight kittens, which was absolutely incredible. And um, we connected with, well, Lumos connected with us straight away. He started following us around everywhere. Yeah. Um, he's quite a people cat. So I can see how that happens so quickly. Like he sees yeah. people and he'll go and connect with them straight away. Um, Noxie came and cuddled with us soon after that, and we we just knew they were ours. So they Beautiful. came home with us that, that day. <laughs> That's so gorgeous. It's amazing how cats kind of pick you a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, and like it took me like Lumos is a very people person. He he's a people pleaser. He will just do anything that you want him to do. Whereas Noxie is quite a lot more independent, and it. I will admit it took me about a year to get her personality and stuff, but now she's just so lovable and um, it's just been incredible to see her personality come out and shine as well. And it's so important to get to understand their personalities, I think, with any cat. I mean, like I said, we've got nine of them and I always say every single cat in our house is the best cat and my favourite because I cannot choose. They really are. Every single one is my favourite and I love them all a bit but they are all so very different and they all have different needs. And we've got like an old cat who's 16 right down to uh, one that's under a year old. So there's all these different requirements and needs and personalities. And uh, we kind of have to juggle the personalities a little bit because some get along better than others. And you kind of got this bit of a pecking order. So you've got to keep everybody happy. And so can, it's actually almost like a puzzle. I think anybody that likes jigsaws or anything like that really get cats because it really is a bit of a puzzle to work out how they work to, and how they can work together. Um, and your guys, I'm assuming you're a bonded pair. They just get along really well. Well, they're siblings, so I think siblings have fights occasionally. <laughs> um, I think um, it's very interesting. Lumos is a cuddle bug, but Noxie sometimes likes her space. So we do sometimes have struggles with that. We, um, we also clicker train them. So that's something that's one of the really important ways that we find enrichment in, when we're indoors. Um, yep. And we've found our clicker training journey with the two of them has been very interesting because Lumos 
he was clicker training within day one. Like he just knew what to do. Whereas Noxie yeah. took a while because it took us a while to find what food was her treat and things like yeah. that. Um, but things like uh, the way we play with them, we have to play with them differently to make sure that they have their own time because that's how they play. Yeah. Noxie is more, um, she loves puzzles and things like that. So we always have to make sure we have puzzles out for her. Otherwise she'll get really bored and then annoy Lumos. Yeah. Whereas Lumos, if he doesn't get his play, he will annoy her. So it's, <laughs> like you say, it's a pu- it's like a puzzle where you kind of need to juggle their needs with yeah. our needs as well and yeah. figure it out. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because, I mean, you're talking about two cats and we've got nine cats, but it's exactly the same process. It's about working out how they work. We've got um, some siblings. So we've got our two white cats are actually siblings. And they're just little love bugs. They'll clean each other and they love each other and all that sort of thing. Our two Abyssinian boys, one's dissexed and one's our um, breeding boy, they're actually litter brothers and they can't stand each other. But at the moment it's mainly because um, our breeding boy, Leon, has got the smell of a a male cat. So I think that's got more to do than anything else. But they will sit side by side. We've got a, a deck which has got glass between it. And Leon is on our deck for a lot of the time as well. And they will sit side by side in the sunshine, but you get them nose to nose and they cannot stand each other. It's quite hilarious. So um, it's really quite a jungle <laughs> to work out the different personalities and stuff. So, so yeah, and I suppose all siblings have their, their uh, little tiffs every now and then. <laughs> Sometimes not so so what are the steps that you would use because i know there's some great information on your website so we better just put a bit of a shout out for that as well so that's catexplorer.co is that right yes that's correct yes yeah so what are the steps that you would usually suggest uh when if you're actually taking them from not being on a harness at all to getting to the point where you can take them um, either into your yard or out into either hiking or cafes or water sports or whatever? I think it really does depend on your cat as well. So some cats um, take to the harness straight away and it makes it a little bit easier what your cat likes. So some cats love food like some humans do. Some cats love play like some other humans would do. So it's just understanding what motivates your cat as well. So once you've got that understanding and you've got, you think that your cat's appropriate for going outdoors, then I recommend starting with harness training. I usually recommend that people start with the, just a simple H style harness because that's actually got the least amount of contact area with your cat. Yeah. So it causes the least amount of shock when you put it on your cat. If you've got a kitten, you can use a, fer- um, a ferret harness as well yes. so that because that way it's usually a bit smaller and easier to put on your kitten. Um, So usually the first step that we recommend, and let's, let's assume that your cat is food motivated and you know what treats they like, is that you put the harness next to your cat and you give them a treat every time they're next to the um, harness. So that's um, creating positive association there. And then putting it, perhaps not um, putting it completely on your cat, but just putting it on your cat and then giving them a treat and then keep going till you've got them in the harness and they're comfortable. And, I'm going to admit all cats do the flop. Like the way I associate it with is imagine we never wore clothes and then someone would make us suddenly put a straight jacket on. Of course we would do the flop as well. So it's sometimes it's just showing your cat that yes, that harness is okay and they can still move. So some cats, one way to do that is just distracting them with the one toy 
and they'll get distracted by the toy and then realize, hey, I can actually move in this harness. I don't need yeah. to be so worried about it. Once your cat's a bit comfortable with that, then I'd move to a location where they've got a bit of stimuli. So like the balcony or your courtyard or your um, backyard or your porch or something like that. Or even just for some cats, if they're a bit skittish, is just opening your back door so they can see outside while wearing the harness. Yeah. And then as they become a bit more comfortable and you each time I recommend that you treat them or give them a positive reinforcement stimuli, a bit more people, a bit more noises, um, just bear in mind as you go to places that aren't in your in an area that you can control, you're more likely to have other people that you around. You're more likely to have dogs. You're more likely to have sounds like trucks going by and stuff like that. So just be aware of those things. Um, before you go to those loud areas, I recommend you get a safe space for your cats. So that like the, like our Apollo cat backpack or yeah. any other cat backpack or stroller or a carrier. And that way your cat can just go in there. So while you're harness training, I also recommend that you do carrier training as well and things like that too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's really important. I mean, I've even said to some people, even if you're taking your cat out into the backyard, don't just open the door and let them walk out because whether they've got the harness on or not, they will just do that automatically if the door's open. So even if it's just a matter of actually picking them up and carrying them to the backyard, at least it's a, it's different to when you're actually, you know, opening that back door. But if you're taking them off your property, it's so important for that space, safe space for them. I mean, most cats like a safe space. And if they've, and like you said, it doesn't matter whether it's a backpack or a carrier or whatever, at least if anything happens that scares them, they can retreat into their little little spot that they know is home and, and really safe. And I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that I got a backpack. And we, obviously, our cats travel fairly regularly in carriers to cat shows and things like that. But just being able to have, and I really love the fact that yours has got the dome and the, the netting so you can switch it out depending on what cat's in there and that the dome actually has the little holes big enough to drop some cat treats in. I thought that was a really good, smart design move on your part. Um, but it just gives them that opportunity to, to be safe in, in and you, know, you just don't know what's going to happen when what's going to scare them, what's going to startle them. And if you're just holding them and they happen to take off uh, for any reason, at least, you know, you, you, with having a safe space, it really does keep them um, happy and relaxed and enclosed and, and hopefully nothing will happen to them then. So I guess a great position to be, um, get yourself and your cat into is getting um, into a position where your cat actually understands that they can jump into the backpack whenever they get scared. So one thing that we do with our cat, Noxie, is that I'll do a bit of a weird squat and she will jump straight into the backpack anytime there's a dog coming or if there's people coming or um, if there's a lot of noises that suddenly scare her. We've also got a way that they, the cats actually tell us so they'll look at us and look at our backs and tell us that they want to get in as well because sometimes they get tired and things yeah. like that so they just want to have a ride. Um, it does take some time to get into that position but over time as you as they start seeing it as their safe space it makes it a lot easier to get to that position too where they just Excellent. jump in. Yeah um, I know with Leon we've started using having it on the front so that we can actually see what he's doing and that sort of thing before I'll, I'll transition to the back eventually. Um, is that the right way to do it? Yeah definitely and I think that's kind of not just for your cat, but that's also for you as well, so that you understand how your cat acts inside the cat backpack. Because, for example, our two, they love sitting on 
well, when I say sitting, they have their front paws over the edge and they're looking over. And if you didn't know that that's how they like sitting, you'd think that they're about to jump out. So yeah. it kind of just helps you understand how your cat will behave in the cat backpack as well. And I, um, while you're doing that, I recommend just looking at their moods as well. So it's how do they react when they're really tired? How do they react when they're getting a bit hot? Is that perhaps while you're out and about, if you notice your cat doing that, you'll realize that, oh, I need to make sure they have some water. I need to make sure they've had some food and things like that too. Yeah. Now, getting on to needs of cats, I know that everybody's going to ask, what do you do about cat toilets? Because it's not like, you know, you, you can take your cat toilet with you. So um, I, I assume when they're on a hike, they will just stop and do what they need to naturally. But in a situation, I know you said your husband takes them to cafes and stuff like that. Does he have any problems? So what we actually do is we try and make sure that they've gone to the bathroom before we go or after we go. So um, kind of you, everyone knows their cat's toilet habits, so you kind of yep. work around that. Um, another thing that we do actually have is we've got um, at Kmart, you can get these Tupperware containers. They're about, I'm not sure how, whether big you've ones, seen yep. them. Yeah, they're pretty big. Um, we've actually filled one up with kitty litter and we close the lid and then we open that in the car. So then that way, if they need to go, they can go. Um, Our cats only go to the bathroom outside when they're at the beach. So we always just make sure that we've got um, doggy bags like you would for a dog and we clean up after them. Um, Some cats cats are just perfectly happy to go in the middle of a hiking trail. So it just really (laughs) depends on your cat. And um, some cats are very private and they will wait till they get home. So it just really does depend on your cat and I think it also depends on their understanding of where they can go so for our yep. cats I don't think they realize that they could go outside because we use corn litter which is like pellets yeah whereas outside is like sand so we don't actually use sand litter and it was just the thing was the third time we took them to the beach they kind of suddenly had this moment of hey I can dig in sand hey I can go and it was quite hilarious because it was like a whole hour of them just digging and pretending to go, but they weren't yeah. actually going because oh, they realised that they could go. Yeah, <laughs> like I was running around this whole beach after them with doggy bags, trying to like clean up after them because I thought they were going, but they were just they just realised oh, that they could dig and that's they so funny. So fun. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It's well, I think after like the twentieth time that I was like using the twentieth doggy bag that we had, I was kind of just like, this is getting ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they must have thought it just like one humongous big cat toilet at the beach really isn't it <laughs> yeah they definitely did and I'm pleased to say since that so like we do whenever we can we'll take them to the beach we don't live near a beach so that's it's a bit of a trek for us but when we yep. do they've kind of calmed down now they'll dig the hole but they won't actually go they'll just they feel yeah. like one of our cats loves digging so yeah she just loves that opportunity um they'll only go when they need to go now but that particular <laughs> day was definitely very entertaining <laughs> yeah it is amazing though that they they understand these sort of things again like being that we've got show cats our male stud boy leon he will not go to the toilet at a show but as soon as you put him in the carrier to go home he'll go straight away so it's almost like he knows and he waits, even though he's got a litter tray in his cage with him, he will not use it in a show, but he's more than happy as soon as you get him in the car to go. So it's quite funny how they get used to that. Mm-hmm. Um, our, um, our stud boy also has um, what we call his, uh, his very sexy pants that he wears inside the house so he doesn't spray. 
and he because he comes up onto our bed a couple of nights a week to watch TV with us and that sort of stuff as well. And he's never actually sprayed, but he knows as soon as I get the pants out that he's coming up on the bed. And so he's, he's harness trained to actually stay on our bed as well. So he's got his pants on, that's very sick. That's good. <laughs> so it is, it's quite amazing how um, cats are so trainable. Like they, they do like um, consistency so that they know what's going to happen next. I know that's one thing most cats really enjoy is sort of a consistency thing. But it's, it's really surprising how trainable cats actually are, but you just have to make sure that they're consistent with it, don't you? I think so. And I think it's just understanding your cat and what motivates them as well. Yeah. So one of the biggest challenges with cat exploring, particularly for my husband and I, is being consistent. So it's been great during COVID, well, kind of great, in that we've been at home so we can take them out for a walk at lunchtime. But what's been the challenge is that we, um, because I'm actually expecting, so I'm considered high risk. So the doctor said that if the cats jump out, we will have to give them a bath wherever they touch and yeah. our cats love rolling around on the ground. So we yeah. made a rule that they're not allowed to jump out. So we actually had to change the path that we go on our walk so that they don't jump out and we don't go in the areas that they love walking in and stuff yeah. like that. But then, for example, we go away for the weekend every so often. That's not something that we can do every weekend. So trying to yeah. be consistent with that can be a challenge. So it's just making sure that you have the routines leading up to going away that's consistent yeah. so that they understand what that means. Yeah. It's just um, making it work for you as well because we're all human and it's it's hard to be consistent and do the same thing every it single is. day. So yeah, I think we, yeah, it's just we're kind of... We shouldn't be so hard on ourselves if if things happen and we can't do certain things at certain times. As long as we do it as, as good as we can, I think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. And I think with cat exploring, there can be this pressure that you have to be out there every weekend or you have to be out there every day. Yeah. And that's not that's not doable. Like realistically, if we take our cats for a walk, that usually is an hour. Yeah. And you don't always have that one hour to do it. Sometimes as things get warmer, it's very warm for all our North American friends at the moment. People yes. can't go out and make that time. If they go exactly. out, they have to do it at like nine o'clock at night. It's, it's too not hot, ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just understanding what your limitations are and just working with what you've got. Yeah. And I mean, in those times where the weather is perfect, you can get out there a bit more. But I know my cats certainly in the middle of winter and the middle of summer are not going to be wanting to go out for walks. They're more looking for a cool spot to sit or a warm spot to to curl up on. So it does make sense that there's a bit of difference in there. Um, I know with cat shows, we usually have cat shows every couple of weeks. So the cats only have it every couple of weeks where they actually get out of the house and do the cat show stuff. The ones that love it just absolutely, you know, can't wait to, to get there. But it's not like you're doing it every day. So, um, so, yeah, they just get used to the different situations, which is great. Um, is there any other um, thing that you want to share with my listeners before we wrap it up today? Yeah, sure. So like if you're on social media, I'd recommend following Cat Explorer. We share tips and we have discussions quite a lot. So we're on Instagram at catexplorer.community and we also have a great Facebook group called Cat Explorer Community and we've got our Facebook page there as well. And I'd also really recommend listening to the Cat Explorer podcast. So I think we're up to about 45 episodes now. That's awesome. So, yeah, we've been recording it for quite a while. We've had guests from all around the world, which has been amazing. Um, 
we speak to cat explorers, so people who already go exploring with their cats and they share their stories because I find that every cat is different. So it's very interesting to hear how everyone's trained their cats and the mistakes and the funny moments that they've had. And we also speak to a lot of cat experts as well. So cat behaviorists or cat trainers um, and veterinarians, and they share a lot of tips as well, which help, which is really helpful as well. Excellent. I uh, must say I have listened to a couple of the episodes and it really is definitely worth the listen. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so well, much. Well, thank you for joining us at the Cat Chat and the uh, the Cat Show podcast today. I've really appreciated you uh, coming and sharing some information about Cat Explorers. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Not a problem at all. So much great information. Find all the info and links for Cat Explorer at the Cat Mama website. Look for the podcast link up in the top right-hand corner. Feel free to email me at meow at melissanewman.com.au if you have any questions or comments about the show. And please consider joining our community over at patreon.com forward slash catmama. Next week, we're getting down to a very serious conversation around grief and how to look after yourself after you have lost a feline friend. I strongly believe that we need to have these difficult conversations just as much as we need to have some fun. You've been listening to me, Melissa Newman, the Cat Mama. Thank you so much for tuning in.